0: I'm not the only
1: and welcome to the third i edify podcast i'm your host george messa as always and with me today i'm very excited to introduce you to not only a good friend of mine but somebody who's been all over the world he's a friend of everyone he meets and he's traveled the world with his inspiring music and so much more and i can't wait to let him tell you all about it this is dan bailey of the dan bailey tribe and uh dan welcome to the show i'm so excited to have you on Um, we thankfully had the chance to play a few uh, shows recently this past summer, but it's been a while since then. So, um, we got so much catching up to do and so much has happened to you since we were doing our really heavy, uh, you know, gigging schedule over the summers out here in Long Island. And, uh, man, Mm -hmm. I, uh, I can't tell you how exciting it is to know all the, uh, interesting things we're going to talk about past, present and future. So, uh, do me a favor just in case no one, uh, somebody watching doesn't know who you are why don't we start from the beginning? You know, where, where are you from? How did, how did you happen? How did your amazing story begin?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, It's really an honor to be here with you. And um, yeah, man, it's been quite the wild journey from uh, some very humble beginnings. Um, I was born at home in East Quag uh, in a, Small farmhouse across the street from the Seven Eleven there, (laughs) and um, my father delivered me. He, I was his fourth. uh, I have two brothers and two sisters. I'm the, I'm the, you know, second youngest. So I was the fourth one, and and he decided by that point he was like, I got this. (laughs) Um, I think there was a midwife down the road, maybe, but incredible. um, So I, I, you know, came into the world in a in a pretty beautiful way i feel pretty blessed to you know just be brought in at home surrounded by family um on this golden afternoon in august in 1982 and my dad he always tells a story about like just looking at me and the the sun streaming in and he said the first thing he said to me welcome to the world mr beautiful (laughs) and so that was my welcome to the world and then um they planted a, a beautiful cedar tree at the corner of the house. And that beautiful cedar tree um, was a very profound companion somehow throughout my life. And I would I would go and visit this tree. And and for a while there, we were kind of neck and neck and growing at right, the same time. And it was going to be taller. <laughs> right. Um, I could have I could have been like a samurai and kept jumping over it um, as it grew but I didn't and anyway it grew to be this massive beautiful tree that that really meant so much to me and um, yeah sadly I I went by there um, just recently and uh, the new owners decided to cut it down so now that tree is Oh, it was honestly a um it was a pretty traumatic experience to go and see this this mm, dear old friend of mine and that that was no more, you know. Sure. And um you know, I I have a couple of bundles of the cedar that I've collected and gave to some some of my close friends and I think I have like a few of the seeds but my placenta was planted under that tree and so there's something about it that feels like medicine for me um sure and so anyhow um that's a little bit of the story how i came to be that's a beautiful thing (laughs) and i
1: want to quickly interject here that my um my last son who was born about uh, 10 months ago he was born in our house as well as a matter of fact my you know my wife nicole she's a doula we had midwife we did the whole thing and um we encapsulated the placenta and we turned it into, we had the salve. We had a cap, you know, encapsulated it. We had a salve of made of it also, but we didn't plant it underneath a tree. That's an incredible uh, thing to add that's there. Nice. And cedar is often a yeah. top in some guitars and you have some Martins. Are any of your guitars cedar tops by any chance?
0: Uh, we're looking at one. Actually. <laughs> incredible.
1: So, so there, I, you know, I kind of sensed that it was cedar, but it's hard to tell in the, in the camera there. Incredible. There you go. That, that That's amazing. All right. So, So so keep going. How did how did this how did you come to be from there? Amazing start? Ah,
0: Well, um I guess just going back rewind a little bit it helps to uh, um, get the picture that uh, my parents were both born in England and migrated to South Africa as small children with their families and so My parents were raised in South Africa. uh, My father in Durban mother in Cape Town And um, so, so they obviously um, developed very strong connections to to Africa and um, the land and the culture and everything, which ha- ended up having a quite a profound effect on me. They both traveled the world, ended up meeting in New York. Um, you know,
1: that's where my parents met too. That's how it happens, right? <laughs>
0: uh huh. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they, I mean, my mom traveled the world dancing and came to New York and in a dance company, my father hitchhiked across the ocean from South Africa on a boat. And he was like a chef and then hitchhiked from Florida to California. And has this whole crazy story of, you know, traveling around, um, with, with his first wife, with like, just in the i think 1969 summer of love and like the late 60s and early 70s and photographing all these legendary musicians and um yeah pretty um pretty just unique or at least different than um most of the people i met growing up around here in the hamptons we were definitely sort of on the outskirts of of <laughs> the neighborhood sure so <laughs> sure definitely, um, definitely my you know my mom was was all about reiki and yoga and homeopathics and beige flower remedies and all these sort of alternative healing modalities before most people knew what they were Sure, now they're um, you know
1: becoming the rage but they're still having a tough time making their way into normal so- you know normal society i'd say it's great that you got a head start on right, such right. a you know obviously correct way to heal and to, to live and to grow
0: mm-hmm. there's so many ways you know and and yeah it is beautiful to um connect with with the the natural sort of healing through plants and um rhythm song dance like i don't know i feel pretty blessed as a, as a kid i mean i think i was 14 when my mom initiated me and my brother into reiki one you know right. so we we learned about that and i mean you know I'll, I'll practice it throughout you know i have i've practiced it throughout my life but mostly i'm like my daily thing is just like i always like do reiki on my food you know mm. essentially like whether or not it's organic or where it comes from it's like if you if you just like Open this channel and and send this this blessing. We use this symbol and shokure 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 and just like send this energy through the food. It just it just heightens the you know the vibration of the food, which makes it that much more nourishing for you. So anyhow, that's all. Um,
1: incredible, incredible.
0: Yeah, part of part of the picture of how I was raised. Right. Yeah, because
1: everything you just mentioned can 100% relate into things like music, things like you know rhythm, language. Um, you mentioned symbols just now, and symbology I think is a big <laughs> part of how language has been passed along over the centuries, more so than actual mm-hmm. written language of letters, You know, which is something I want to really make sure right. we get into, how language may have not mm-hmm. only be one of the most universal languages, which it clearly is, but might be one of the very first they may I mm-hmm. even preceded spoken language?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Baba, my godfather, um, is from Nigeria, Baba Olatunji, and he's a he's a total legend, amazing, amazing man, ambassador of just love and and peace and mm, just the the message and the energy of the the. The medicine through music, rhythm, dance, song, culture that he carried was so, so profound, you know, and a lot of people recognize that, Um, you know, I mean, he he marched with Martin Luther King. He played at JFK's inauguration. He used to open for the Grateful Dead every New Year's for a while. Um, You know, Mickey Hart counts him as as a mentor as well. Um, Many many people bob dylan mentions his name in a song santana oh, that covers covered his song jingle Aruba. Oh, wow. uh, that's so cool. so anyhow baba became a really important part of my life um and and what he you know i never quite mastered it but he had this like hand flute that he mm, used to do really and he told us that it was it was one of the first instruments wow. you know of course like clapping and body percussion and and vocalizations you know um along with this like mouth mouth flute right um yeah these are these are some of the the early sort of signs of of music and and rhythm and you know also as a form of communication
1: for sure and probably not in any book i mean it might be now but i don't think he got it from a book and I'm, i'm sure his ancestors didn't you know
0: right yeah you know a lot of a lot of the old traditions have been passed um on orally like oral traditions you know and um and that actually brings us to the topic of the djembe fola um djembe fola in west africa are the 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 carriers of of djembe music essentially um and this is for many, many, God knows how many millennia that the, um, that these these rhythms have been passed down, you know, from father to son and and right. grandfather to grandson, right. daughter. You yeah, know. oh, definitely, definitely. Um. So, yeah, it's really beautiful um, to, to just to be a part of this. Um, this lineage and this process and, and, in preserving this culture, you know, for sure. Um, it's, a, it's a big something deal. I'd I was, say. I was, I was, it's a big that? deal.
1: I'd say a really big deal.
0: Yeah. So this, this kind of very naturally, um, brings up something I was excited to discuss with you. Um, just cause I don't know how much we've talked about it, but, um, <clears throat> essentially I, I've gone through a lot of um, spiritual experiences recently. And part of that uh, shows up as like receiving, I receive a lot of messages. I'm able to sort of just, I've gone through all these different processes in order to uh, just just to develop a sense of um, listening and and to develop intuition and like listening to the the nudges that you hear and anyhow, um, just to bring it back, something that that I feel I've been asked to do and it feels to, I mean I just feel very kind of humbled by it and I'm not sure how to accomplish it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but there's there's something that I'm developing called drumbe. And um, this is the language of rhythm or a language of rhythm. Right. And the concept is essentially, you know, growing up, I learned uh, Baba's language for djembe, which is Gundungodo Pata. Right. Right. And it's pretty simple. There's like those six words and three sounds based tone, slap on the right. drum. And I got the inspiration to expand upon this language and to essentially develop words and ways to vocalize all of the parts of the rhythm, right. not just the djembe part and also many other sounds on the djembe. But also, so the dundun, the bass parts, the shekere or hosho, right. um, the bell. So so, essentially, I'm working on this new language and I have several, I have many new words for like the dundun language and the different combinations of left and right and bass with the with the banjo or, um, you know, oh, wow. there's, there's all these different combinations that you have to account for because you know sure sure even just with two hands you could be doing a number of, of different companies so there's all these new words that are coming um that i'm developing this language in order to be able to um vocalize the rhythms which which is a huge part of how i teach and how baba taught right um, he always would tell us, "If you can say it, you can play it." So <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm kind of taking that to like the nth degree. Right,
1: right, right. This is this is and, the next level.
0: Yeah, and 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 developing this language for for jembe music, but not just djembe music. I wanted to just, um, yeah, share the intention for drumbe as a much broader umbrella where. <sighs> I don't know I had this vision of of traveling to different parts of the world and going into West Africa and like sitting with the master drummers and essentially documenting mm-hmm. their knowledge right. to create an encyclopedia of rhythm where we can preserve the cultures and you know Obviously, there's that oral tradition, right? Of course,
1: of course. Yeah, there's the corner in India. and if stuff like can...
0: that. Yes. So, so imagine just taking that and, um, you know, being able to go into West Africa and then also trace the origins and like how these rhythms then came to the Caribbean and South America and evolved into, in the different samba and the maracatu and the junkanoo and like all these, you know. And essentially create like a map of a world map of rhythm in conjunction with like an encyclopedia of like cultures and, and how integral, you know, the, the music, the drum, the dance, the song, the ceremony that, um, that aligns with each of these different cultures and how they've evolved over time. Um, So, so this, this is, this is a bit of a, you know, it feels like still the tip of the iceberg but this is this is the essence of drumbeat
1: amazing and it, it's ethnomusicology at the same time you're doing what ethnomusicologists right. do but you're taking a in in all honesty you're taking a far more hands-on approach all of those people they're they're musicians but they are often there to document and to catalog but you're you're creating at the same time another language there's a few mm-hmm. books that you brought to mind actually Um, Particularly, you know, I just happen to have it out. I'm not, I didn't even, I mean, you weren't discussing this or anything, but Music of the Whole Earth by David Reck, which is Uh, not small, uh is um, really similar to what you're discussing in a certain way. He went around and he said, you know, the writing, the the Western writing system is inadequate for most music. And it is. It's inadequate for most rhythms. It's inadequate for, to show the difference between, you know, a town in West Africa versus a town in South Africa and how they would approach the same Mm -hmm. rhythm dialects, Right. Different dialects. And he, he, he did his best to kind of get it all into one book, which is impossible. And um, you also reminded me of Kurt Sachs, Our Musical Heritage. This is not, I just happen to have these out. I'm surrounded by books. You guys have no idea. I'm completely surrounded by books. And this, um, this other book made me think of your mom, actually. Also by Kurt Sachs, A World History of the Dance. I think these are really yeah. like similar things to what you're doing now. I'm not showing you them to be like it's done already. It's not. This is a whole different realm. It's totally different than what you're saying. This is more of a historical mm-hmm. account and um the advent of music and the advent of music writing, the advent of, you know, how do we go from a small drum circle to, you know, a Wagnerian um Austrian, German, whatever huge opera. You know, how do we get to that point? That's what the focus of his work is. Mm-hmm. You're trying to your your focus is to preserve, I think, on top of other things, too, to educate as well. And it's astonishing <laughs> because, I mean, I have questions here that, that that discuss rock instrumentation versus the ancient ways. And, you know, your, you, your message is so inspiring and so just wonderful and so necessary, in my opinion. It always was. I told you from the start, I mean, like, the, your music is so important, but more than ever, it's as important as it's, as it's ever been. Which is one reason that I think it's amazing. Uh, what we heard at the beginning was a track from one of from your new album titled Alchemistic, which is the coolest album title ever. And um, I'm not just saying this because I'm like your biggest fan, dude. I, I mean it. It's really cool, dude. It's really cool. And what I think is amazing <laughs> is that some of the songs that are on there, you've already recorded like 15 years ago, and and it's it's mm-hmm. old and new. You know how many songs do you have? Like 150 plus songs. You have so many songs recorded.
0: Oh. Actually recorded. Closer to four (laughs) hundred actually.
1: Okay, so (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I know you have at least one fifty recorded, the bottom bottom of the amount, maybe. This is in this is a a catalogue that people couldn't dream of. And um you know, I always people always like, Well, the Beatles had a lot of songs, and I'm like, Yeah, imagine how many they threw away. And um you, (laughs) you don't have this like your your music is coming from a place where it almost seems as if it's partially done already when you receive it. Like you're receiving a finished product and you're just getting it onto paper or getting it onto a recording. It can very much be that way. It can be that way, of course. And I wasn't, I wouldn't mean to pigeonhole the process or anything because as a bass player, I'm so excited to create bass lines. It makes me happy to jump into a scene I've never even touched. And I met you because of Bikidi Kumalo, who was the bassist from Paul Simon's Graceland album. He kind of sent me you your go. way. Said you got to do this gig, all right? And I'm like, okay. So you 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 know you sung some bass lines for me. You showed me a few, and then we played that night. And I'll say it. I said it then. I'll say it now. I'll say it a million times. I love playing your basslines. You write the entire wow. song, and um, because your your lyrics have such an important message that the music behind it has to be a certain way, not in like an overlord, like overbearing, ah, crack the whip kind of way. When you run a band, that's how it has to be anyway. But it's more because that's the this is the song, this is it. You know, don't do a cover, don't mm-hmm. change the key. And um, I just I love it. I think the process is amazing. And now suddenly, you're you're going from you know traveling the world with this. You know, it's it's rock instrumentation. It's not rock. It's rock instrumentation. You're using the the same setup that Buddy Holly and the Crickets used. You know, to make your music, and and you're adding the African drums and the elements in there. And I was always so amazed that as soon as we hit those drums, anyone sitting down is not sitting down. Immediately they stand up. And, uh, and, and you have that kind of influence over people. You have that kind of power. You're not, you're not like a really short guy either. So you have a presence on top of everything else, you know. And um, so from that to what you just described, this is the kind of, you know, and I'll use the word for this particular purpose. This is kind of evolution that doesn't normally occur in most musicians' lives. And, um, you know, you're did you go to music college like I did? Um, no, but you have more musical training overall in a certain respect. It, it's not about going mm. to college for this stuff, you know. Um, college exists, yeah, it works. But if you go to college for music, you're not going to hear a damn word about anything you just said. And um, mm-hmm. I assure you, and I was a lone dog there, man. They were just saying, "Oh, what do you play, jazz or something?" Because I didn't grow up with classical like all of them, you know. And I said, "I'm just here to, mm-hmm. I'm here to know the rules so I can break them a little better," you know. That was the whole. That was the whole <laughs> point. I just, you know, and and um, it's incredible how much focus was on reading, and and there's a there's a purpose for that. But the reason I'm mentioning all of this now with the orchestral stuff, with the reading, is that you're putting yourself now in a situation where you could stand in front of twenty different drums. And through your language, you're telling what each drum has to do without having to sit there and hand-do each one. And um, that's incredible because the Western notation is there because then an oboe player can read it. A bassoon player can read it. Um, they're actually kind of similar. I should have said something else. Like, a, you know, the timpani drum, the choral part, the, the upright bass. They have something that they can each take their part from. But you're creating a one language, a spoken language that can... It's, it's almost an um, onomatopoeia. Where you're imitating the drum itself in a certain way with a certain kind of, work. Exactly. yeah, it's 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 more like that. Mm-hmm. You've never mm-hmm. told me about any of this yet, uh, by the way, and um, uh-huh. amazing. I'm not I'm not even uh-huh. the least bit surprised that this is where it's going. I'm yeah. really not surprised, actually. It's incredible, dude.
0: Well, I really appreciate you you saying all of that, um, and a huge. I mean, I just feel really. Man, when we when we make music, there's like something really special, you know, and I I was so stoked to reconnect in that way this summer and just like, man, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it, but but when 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 you're there on the bass, I just feel so free (laughs) and I can like I just I know that I know that like the foundation that needs to be there is it's fully supporting me to just like, it really opens up um, a lot of freedom in, in my expression and my performance. So I just want to say, I really appreciate you for that. And thank you so much. Um And yeah, man, I mean, shoot, you're just, you're just a, you're a phenom. The, <laughs> I yeah. The, it, the, the sound, the tone, the, the, you know, the, the care that, that you approach your craft with is um really really inspiring and 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 you've you've really inspired me um to you know just to 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 grow and push myself and 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 just like step up my game like ever since ever since we met so thank you wow. you know thank you thank you for for that inspiration
1: incredible what an honor and, I'm, I'm very honored thank you very much
0: yeah man no it's really it is it is interesting to consider you know kind of the the evolution of music right and and you know within myself but also like within to, over time right. and in cultures and across uh continents um and to see how for instance like when you look at a drum set you right. know it's a lot of the music and the traditional African music that, that I play and teach, there's a certain set of drums, like a drum set, <laughs> right. but but it's like each person is playing one of the drums, right? right? The, the, the the trap set, the contraption, <laughs> right, right. where they're all together, it's like, so the kick drum would be like the dun dun right? which is like the big bass drum, right? And then the toms, that would be would probably equate to like the sangba and the kinkini. The kinkini being the little one, the little bass right. drum, and the sangba being the middle right. one. Um, and then the snare, that's pretty much your djembe, right? That's like the high crack, right. like kind of lead drum, if you right. will. And then and hi-hats and cymbals, that would be equated to like the bell, you know, the bell pattern happening. And a hi-hat could be like the shaker the, shikure, the um, um or or in uh, Zimbabwe uh, the hosha right um so it's really I don't know it's just interesting to see how you can um, translate and, and, and we've played around with with that you know and translating these ancient rhythms onto a drum set um and and that's a lot of what we do when we go from a song into a drum break uh. and then we're kind of like evolving it, back into this like tribal ancient primal rhythm right. and as you said before that is what just strikes a chord in people that like they didn't even know it it's existed true. sometimes like some of these you know some people just like they're just like hear the drum and it's just like this awakening like oh that, <laughs> right, yeah right. like I I know that I recognize that like yep. that that moves me you know there, there is something really um, deep and beautiful about about these these drums so right. and
1: no words reminder yeah, there's yeah. no words involved in any of that conversation that you just spoke of and it's not the alcohol either <laughs> we're not always playing at a bar but um that's right, it's right, it's right. an unspoken clearly defined and information passed between people language mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's been it's been quite a an interesting journey.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> this almost circumvents one of the questions, but maybe we'll ask anyway because I had planned on asking it. I mean, you've you've had, I've I've heard from you several different sources, and fr- and today even several different sources of inspiration for your inspirational music, and um, inspire mm-hmm. meaning to just breathe in, breathe in the gifts that you're given at birth. You know, um, mm-hmm. where. I mean, you you its gonna—you don't have to go into a, an hour-long conversation about all the different sources, but is there a primary source of inspiration for you? Because your music is, again, so inspirational, so the message is so clearly good, you know, to have that kind of, um, how did I write? I had a, a positivity as a guiding light in what clearly, in what you do. Mm. You think it has something to do with the way you were born? Honestly, now that we talked about it this way? that might, I I think that gave you a head start, you know, I really do.
0: Yeah. I would, I would say right away, um, like first and foremost, just like my, my family, my, my mother, my father, my godfather, my surroundings growing up. Um, also, yeah, the way I came into the world in a very natural Mm way. Um, my mother nursed me until I was four years old. Um, I think that has, its own kind of like effect Definitely. on just well first of all your immunity and, and like development and all that but also and on a spiritual level like a a connection and um yeah I, I you know family is like number one and i'd say for sure just like my connection to spirit to you know the all that is and the and the Sort of unseen um, realms, um, especially in in more recent years, I've I've, I've um, just connected much more deeply right. uh, in, in that way, and um, I've had some pretty extraordinary um, songwriting experiences. I'm not sure how much we talked about this actually I don't think we have but um, I'm not sure yeah I've I've had some some pretty mystical experiences where where essentially I'm able to just go into like a, a meditative state and just I just I just hear it like the ancestors are singing to me and they're just singing to me like this amazing music with this beautiful message. And then next thing I know, it's it's coming through me and and um, and out of my mouth. And now I'm singing this message. And then I I would pause and wait. And I mean, we can go into that story if you want to. It's a bit of like its own story. But just to touch on it, um, there have been some pretty magical. Um, experiences where where I'm just like allowing music to flow through me and in those cases yeah I'll, it it often will just like come right through and I'll 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 record it and then I'll just go back and just transcribe what came through right. and that basically becomes the song
1: right yeah, um exactly. amazing you know that um cuz we got a big old talk about something like that in a bit and we'll save it for potentially a second half of this or at the very end for sure because right. that's um sure, sure. a story that is it must be told but this is an important thing to think about is that we are really we are truly surrounded by a lot and um if you know if you think about the visible light spectrum that we have right the way that frequency works when you double the number you've hit an octave right and regarding the visible spectrum we technically only see about one octave of what's around us which is why when you see like x-ray infrared, you see something you would never normally see with your own eyes. But it's that's there. You know what I mean? If you watch an image of somebody right. eating or drinking an x-ray and you see it, you know the throat get used. And you're like, is that, right. is that something that I can't see because my body restricts me from seeing it? in a certain way like the, the way that your ear restricts certain sounds because then you would hear your blood pumping in your ears all day and you wouldn't hear anything you know your maybe your body knows better than to give you access to all these things you know what i mean simultaneously and um yeah. but channeling those things requires a lot of not just uh, attention and time and quiet but um it, it requires a lot of self care you know to eat and and, and be mm. healthy because um, that health mm-hmm. can really be a, a huge, you know, thing for you accessing the things that you already have, um, and that's a maybe that we can bring you back for a whole other talk on that. Because I know you're well aware of chakras, yeah. and I never really knew how far into astrology you were. Actually, I know you used to do full moon mm-hmm. parties all the time. That's that's a whole other thing. But sure, uh-huh, but, I mean, because uh-huh. you're, you're you are a Leo, and uh, Leo has I the know. star Regulus, the heart of the lion, the regal Reg- Regulus. And I clearly remember you mentioning once your heart chakra opening up and you had like a, a blaze of emotion. Um, mm-hmm. Does that ring any bells? Do you remember what I'm talking about? This could have been 10 years ago or more. I really don't remember,
0: <laughs> honestly. I do remember. Um, that that was an experience I had at my yoga teacher training in Costa Rica. Uh, and, you know, throughout sort of my life um, and and mm, kind of practice spiritual practice and yoga practice um you know there's always there's always an evolution and things are constantly in flux and in motion and um ebbing and flowing and you steps forward and steps backwards (laughs) and all this um but what you're referring to yeah i do remember having this really profound experience like sometimes when Often when I'm in like a a group setting in like a yoga retreat or some kind of, um, you know, container, I I've had I've had several um, very profound experiences in these in these containers um, where, for instance, in that yoga teacher training. Yeah, that was, it was a long time ago, but I, I do remember just having this, like, it usually ha- happens after, like, several sessions, and then when I come into a Shavasana, and then just, like, something happens, right. and something opens, um, and in that case, it, it was a, yeah, very um, visceral sense, feeling of, like, my heart chakra opening. Which, you know, I, I had the sense that I was kind of like in my third chakra, my solar plexus right. and like the sun, the identity, the ego the you know, I mean, many of us here in the, in the planet, we're in like a 3D planet. Uh, that's a lot of kind of where we're at as a collective as well. Um, I think the, you know, the, the microcosm reflects the macrocosm so it's like as above so below whatever i'm going through i i I feel and can sense like a broader collective all like we're all in this together and we're all going through these things kind of at our own pace and in our own ways and in our own time but um but yeah that, that was that was one experience and and another similar one was uh years later i was doing music for a A new year's retreat which involved five rhythms dance which Mm. is this amazing dance form where you go through these five different types of of dance um of of movement uh often often embodying an emotion and then moving through Mm -hmm. it so it turns out to be like a very powerful healing practice as well and um that in combination with my other so that was amber ryan leading this and then um kevin courtney this amazing brother was uh leading us through these beautiful yoga practices right. and also incorporating qigong ah. and we had these beautiful experiences i remember like like just encapsulating like all my loved ones in, in this these like violet bubble and just like re- releasing them and <laughs> watching them float off into the wow into the universe and just like like letting go of you know attachments and just forgiving them and and forgiving myself or anything between us and, and you know just like having this really um pretty profound healing and then and then also um doing the same practice with with any people who you you know butt heads right. with or have some kind of uh trigger or negative experience right um and often these experiences with um you know people who challenge us are often some of the most profound lessons in our lives and and it's like you know to to find a place of forgiveness and realizing there's really nothing to forgive and actually like all is every you know all all is all everything everything is what it what it needs to be in in a sense it's it's perfect in that way um and anyhow so I went through this whole process like forgiving and oh, just like moving through so much emotion and that day when I laid down into a shavasana where you're just like corpse pose on you right know, I I actually I left my body and had this astral experience where I found myself like I watched we were on this deck overlooking the jungle which like went down to the ocean right. beautiful the sun went down and then it was like the sunset and and then I like I just i watched my, I just flew out of my body and just like my consciousness just like went out Incredible, man. into the stars. <laughs> and I found, and I found myself in this, um, place, I suppose I could, I don't know how else to describe it, but it was, I was... A, Essentially, I found myself in a place where where I was at the intersection of time and space, and and time and space were were almost like these physical um, ley lines or, some, wow. or something, and creating these like windows into all these different like timelines. I, it's a little hard well, to put words on this some is of where, these, these types of experiences. This is just
1: we were talking about how you know certain languages are the words are kind of diminishing almost. You know, you need more right. of the symbolic or just personal experience in general. And um these are the kinds sure. of things that I'm sure a song can come from too, you know? Where the it doesn't have to be that you sit down on a guitar or a piano or whatever and then, oh I got a song, let's do this, you know? A lot of times when mm-hmm. bands only do that and then never evolve, uh the fifth album sounds like the fourth album, you know, and that's just kind of the way it is. It's not mm-hmm. anything good or bad. Do your thing, you know? But you mm-hmm. doesn't things don't move along unless you do as a person. And um it mm-hmm. must be you know, and you are, and you don't, you don't always perform the same songs that you used to. That's cool. You're not like doing the the stuff you maybe wrote when you were much younger. You don't feel the same way about anymore, and that's unless mm-hmm. you do, of course. Something like a song, uh, easy to close your eyes. That song will never age, in my opinion, and you must feel mm-hmm. similarly at least about it the way you did when you wrote it. You know. Um And fa- mm-hmm. uh, fasting is something I wanted to ask you, but I know you fast often. Uh-huh. And I know that I remember specifically when I met you, you had done something like a 10 day fast and you wrote a song each day <laughs> or something, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Cause I was just, we're going on yeah. old, old memories now. Um, so that's, did you go into it with the intention of I'm going to fast and I'm going to write a song every day and see what happens or did it just happen? Cause it had to. You
0: know yeah, no, actually I did set that intention. Wow. Um, Incredible. I decided to, uh, give this 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 fast a try it's kind of um, they call it the master cleanse mm. and it's like spicy maple lemonade and um, you know it's, it's become somewhat popular um, over the years we're talking maybe 15 years ago now maybe, or something like maybe. this when I first did it and um, yeah the first time I did I did 10 days and and, um, and I decided I was like I'm gonna write a song each day and record it and just post it up on right. youtube and that's what i right. did and i and i and i made 10 songs and actually easy to close your eyes was oh happened.
1: okay <laughs> wow yeah well that's an you know, inspired so tune man that wasn't just a uh, quick little that was that's something that's something man
0: yeah yeah i mean and and honestly yeah that fast i i then i would do it about once every change of season right. at right. first so then I, w- I would do it at the changes season. So I did it like four times, I think the first year. Um, and then I think by the second year, I started just doing it like twice a year, once like in the spring, once in the fall, something like that. Um, and then I, I, you know, I kept it going. I, I don't know how many, I lost track. I've probably done it a dozen times or right. so. Um,
1: the master cleanse you mean specifically? And
0: the, specifically yeah. the master right, cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. And I found, I found actually, you know, Energetically and and sort of um, just spiritually, it 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 opened up so much space. Um, where, I mean, I am a fiery individual, and I, I it takes a lot of fuel to like <laughs> keep my energy right, up, you right, know. Right. And so, like, a lot of my life it does evolve around around food and eating and what's you know. I see. I'm sitting here drinking my matcha. Uh, speaker, <laughs> right, you know? right. Um, so. So to kind of like, yeah take that out of the equation, it certainly opens up a whole lot of time and space sure. where where you can you know just meditate, reflect like my I, I remember my yoga practice becoming very focused and strong mm. and um, just being like eventually after the first few days, the first few days can be a little like who and day three sure. usually is kind of a hump and once you get over that, then you kind of get this like, burst of energy and day like four to ten can be like super high energy even like more than usual um and yeah i I, I did find a lot of inspiration through through that and just like resetting it's a beautiful reset of your your system gives your uh, digestive track a whole like time to kind of recalibrate and and take a rest so yeah, I, I, I personally have personally a really um, positive experience with, with that. That's
1: incredible, man. And then speaking of the word inspire as to breathe in, there are some that say there have been people that are breatharians and don't need to eat. They take breath as everything they need. I'm sure it takes sure. a lot of training, but who knows, man. If you eat way yeah. less than the average person, you probably will. your body will probably survive longer. It seems to be the equation that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, if you don't put right. that much work right. on your body every day, um that could really lead to a much longer life and, and many other things. <laughs> and that's a whole, we could. And there's you know, a lot.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not saying we can talk about this for 20 hours. You know. From, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even just, just on that note, like in the air, there's a lot of like pollen and different like things that are that are floating that actually can can nourish your, right. your body. Um, if you breathe the right way. Uh, right. If you, you, you
1: breathe the right way. When you're tuned to right. it right 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 right. yeah wow incredible man so you know i (laughs) it's funny how little we've really discussed like the uh the world traveling musician that you are as far as you bringing your music (laughs) to other people and um you know the music speaks for itself first of all i mean that's that's first of all no matter what but um there's there's certain things i have questions about as far as you having been to so many different continents uh particularly australia um you were pretty much like stranded in Hawaii for a while, right? How long were you in Hawaii for? You were there for a few years, right?
0: Well I've I've um I've actually made Kauai my my home now as far as uh, my winter home. Wow I'm you know born and raised out yeah. here east yeah. end of Long Island and um I do come here in the summers uh to play music and and see my family and everything but but in the winters the past several years i've been calling Kauai home and yeah. and when that actually like the day i chose to move to Kauai i actually moved my flight one right. day just to get in before the lockdown oh. so it was it was 2020. so
1: the uh, um, march 15th march or something
0: 30, or March thirty first, twenty twenty. I think the lockdown started on April first there on Kauai. Oh, okay. And I see. Um, in,
1: in Hawaii.
0: Yeah. So so I so I flew in there, and I mean Kauai is already a pretty quiet island, yeah. but now there was like no tourism, and wow. and I lived in this little jungle low down by the beach, and actually that's where I, I mixed a lot of uh, the oh, record alchemist. Wow. Yeah. So I had that there with me, and I was I was basically just like mixing that. I would go surfing, do my yoga, you know. Right have a smoothie and i was just in this like beautiful flow incredible and, and, and luckily in hawaii during the pandemic uh surfing is considered uh essential wow. so they never they never stopped people from going i did surfing. not hear about that uh, that's
1: amazing yeah.
0: dude so, so we were allowed you know we were, we were able they did have a curfew right. i think it was like all right PM, fair, fair enough Fair enough. That, <laughs> yeah other than that it was like it was i i don't know i feel like it was a pretty magical moment on that island where It's often inundated with tourism and traffic and stuff like this, and it was just so, oh, just calm and peaceful, and the locals were all like so happy, you know, and 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 we were just everything just kind of slowed down, and and actually, that's when I did you write "Slow Down" then? (laughs) I sure did. Incredible. Yeah, so this song came through, um, and it's called "Slow Down," and and it was it was essentially my initial response to this whole situation mm. this global you know right. pandemic and um
1: incredible dude what, what, yeah, what a cool just, story just
0: <laughs> kind of became this i don't know that that song has become somewhat of an anthem for myself and also a lot of my friends and fans locally like people have just like gravitated to this song and i think it's because um of of where it came from sure. you know and the and the fact that it's like we all were going through this experience together and despite all of the challenges and the craziness of it and the bullshit and the oh I mean there's there's a lot there sure, that's, that's a whole, whole other yeah, podcast yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> but I think you know this song somehow was able to express um at least one perspective on like hey like here's where we're at this is what we're going to right. um you know i feel like the the lyrics really speak to me sometimes i don't know where they come from you know a lot of right, times right. like like i'll i'll sing something and i'm like okay <laughs> like and then i and then i look back later and i'm like what like where did that come from yeah you know? oh definitely, um, man
1: wow
0: but yeah that song i don't know just lyrically like has, has something really sweet about it um
1: sure sure put, uh, and, put your family man, first I, isn't that part of the song yeah that's like yeah, not no you know over anything first. else, but the way that it's there it's placed so oh, well God. and it's it's nice yeah you're right
0: put your feet on the earth and take the time you deserve and remember what you're worth and yeah slow down and Oh, that's, that's just tune awkward. into your heart and let her gently guide you, <laughs> right. to, you know, find your place. And like, what is it here? We're here to do. Um, right. You know, I feel like, like the whole lockdown and like, when everything kind of like stopped, a lot of people had been sort of on the, you know, just on the treadmill, treadmill, the hamster wheel, wheel the yeah, mic, yeah. Just, you know, just kind of like, Going through the motions and not really necessarily like knowing why, and just kind of like caught in this in this loop of doing some job they don't even really believe right. in, but they just think they have to so that they can, you know, pay for the car to get them to the job that they don't believe in, so they can keep yeah yeah I, don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's no, like I this agree loop kind of this endless loop and and a lot what happened I don't know at least one of the beautiful um, side effects of this whole Thing that I witnessed was a lot of people just stepping off of that treadmill, stepping outside of that cage, and 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 having a moment to stop and say, "Wait a minute, what am I really here to do? Right. Like, why did I really come to planet Earth at this <laughs> right. time? You know, this is a really special time to be alive. It, it really, it really is. is. And something that I've um, tuned in with recently is just that, like, only brave souls." decide to incarnate here you know like this is a it's a it's a very challenging school it is um you know it's like we're oh my god it's so funny i just um i just saw saw this uh interview with jim carrey and and he's amazing he's like and i i totally resonate with this he was like you know i used to be what did he say I used to be a guy having an experience of the world and the universe. And he's like, and now I feel like I am the universe having be- an experience of being a guy, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like it, it turns around where, right. um, you know, you realize that, that we're spiritual beings having a human experience, you yes, know? Yes.
1: Yes. And that's a, a, once again, another, maybe not another topic for another day, but I think that's going to lead into kind of where we're gonna end with um as far as a most recent experience you had which is just too too amazing for words and um i guess let's 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 make it a two-part We'll we'll take like a little quick break we'll come back we'll record one last segment where you go into detail about what you have recently experienced this incredible drum that just found its way to you and and so many other things that (laughs) are too again too amazing for words everything we've discussed already has been above and beyond man what an incredible thing Mm -hmm. and i was born in 82 also as you already know so we're both we're both the ripe age of 40 and that's some would say you're already halfway there like i don't even think we're a quarter of the way there we've got so much left and you're clearly only starting this new path it's amazing (laughs) it really is you know what i i Uh, I, I had i had one i had two more questions left and maybe i'll ask them right now because they they, they'll be quick they'll make them quick because i'm really curious and i think the audience would like to know too now whether they just met you now or not um do you have any this isn't the question i was thinking that they want to know do you have any tattoos i never really i don't remember i do not not, right and neither do i by the way just by chance i never just Uh i just never did it my skin's all flexible as you know and i which just keeps me bendy and i i figured i would maybe maybe be bad for my skin i don't know um but my wife has the most incredible tattoos and she has her whole arm is done with all the birth flowers of the family it's just amazing The reason I'm asking about Mm -hmm. tattoos, not because I think the crowd's curious if you have tattoos, but you've been to Hawaii, you've been to South America, you've been to Australia. There's some pretty serious tattoo culture in Hawaii and Australia, if I'm not mistaken. And Mm -hmm. I don't just mean the guys who throw burning knives and cut their arms a lot and then cover them with tattoos, but... What is the consensus about the way Americans use tattoos—the ones that just get the tribal tattoo and don't even don't even research at first, or some Japanese character that even if it's a little line is off, it means a whole different thing? Is there talk? Was uh, is, is that ever mentioned? Is there? Did you ever get a sense of? I'm I'm so curious, you know, you having been to these places that really, you know, tattoos are a big deal. Hmm.
0: Well, I think, um, you know, as Celo put it what I believe within, I engrave it in my skin. (laughs) I think that I think it's a beautiful thing to, um, you know, see your your body is your temple and and it's your you are your own masterpiece in the making, you know, and and how you so choose to to decorate yourself, you know, stylistically or, you know, piercings, tattoos, what you're going to wear, you know. Anything like this, um, and and specifically w- with tattoos, I mean, it is an interesting question that that you you, you brought up yeah. because I don't have any yet, but I I already have about seven that I that I've been considering. <laughs> right, right. You know, and literally, um, actually, we're looking at what this right here, this symbol. Oh, make, get
1: it! I don't. I have it um, cut off a bit. Do you want to get it a little closer where where the guitar would be? Let's say. Yeah. Right. This is now would you say that this is the Dan Billy tribe symbol? What do you, what would you say about this amazing symbol, man, which I just love?
0: So, um, I guess part of why this is coming up as far as the tattoos. this, this will probably be the first tattoo that I get. Um, and so the way this came into my life, I was, um, I was on my trip around the world. I was 19 years right. old uh, we didn't talk much about that, but that's right. a bit of a, a long old story. Right. Um, but i i i was traveling across africa in this big four wheel drive truck and and i hardly remember doing it but i had just, just jotted, i jotted this symbol down in on the back of a scrap of paper right. or something and then I, I i rediscovered it like i don't know a year or two later or something like way later and i had forgotten i'd done it and then i saw it and i'm like whoa i don't know i just like something struck me about yeah. it and I, and i just I just felt drawn to to draw it more, and so I, I so I've been drawing this symbol essentially ever since, and um, and it represents a lot of things. I call it Soluna, Soluna, I, right? Yeah, like the sun right. and the moon. Um, as you can see, it it has this like. This feminine like a wave so this is like representing the water right. or the feminine aspect um it also could could be seen as a womb, right. and then this this lower part is like the masculine the sun and this is like the sunshine and i see and these are like the rays of the right. sun um or could be seen as like sperm sure like sure because it... entering an egg and here's the womb right so so this is like it has, like I said, it has a lot of depth of meaning for myself. I feel like people can find their own meaning in it. Sure. Um, but for for me, it has this element of balancing the masculine and the feminine, and the fire and the water. Wow. And I've also come more recently to understand that it it represents all of the elements. Amazing. Not just fire and water, but it it focuses on, on sure,
1: that. sure. No, that that it is. So, it's deep, man. Um, it's very cool
0: it's very deep and and i i woke up out of a dream one day and and had this vision of it uh in the aboriginal style right. like the dot paintings. oh yeah 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 and and that's that's what led to this uh this version cool. you know where where it's done with with all the dots right
1: no that's that's great man i love it i love it dude i really do <laughs> um all right so what was my final question i guess We'll leave it with the real light one here. Um, what is... I've never been there, but I have a feeling... Again, you've been to pretty much every continent. What is the night sky like in Hawaii? In Hawaii, I should say. <sighs> is it completely mm. different?
0: Mm. Thank you for bringing us there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't even imagine.
0: immediately just teleported me to this moment um, on the Nepali coast of Kauai. It's like the most beautiful part of the planet I've ever experienced for many reasons in many ways. Both just physically but also like spiritually. Mm -hmm. There's just you can feel such a ethereal and just um, oh very, very profound um, spiritual presence there. There's a lot of spirit there. Um, a lot of mana they yeah. call it the energy of of the land there is very very healing and um and i I started going on sort of these ritual hikes along the Nepali coast and I would go to the, the river at hanakapia and hold ceremony there and and I'm just i I, I just was teleported back <laughs> to like on the hike back sun goes down you're like up on this side of this mountain that just descends into the turquoise waters and the sun melts into the ocean, and then, and then, the sky that appears and the stars—it's like, it's really indescribable. Um,
1: I know the pictures don't do it justice. This, that's for sure.
0: There's yeah, man. There's this sense of, um, hmm, there's this sense of, it's so humbling. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I understand. It's so just like you feel profoundly small
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know when you
0: you look out and you see all these stars and planets and 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 you can only imagine what's what's off in between that you cannot see and um and it's really um i would say it's 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 one of the most profound experiences i've had with you know with the natural world and and the night sky just like the stars just like you just can see the entire milky way right. and like all the constellations and like oh my god yeah it's it's really and
1: this is coming from you now really somebody who's had a, a broader view of the natural world than most people just by the nature of what you do and by the nature of your mm-hmm. upbringing as well so that um, I'd say that's a very valid thing to to hear, and um, it's a damn good reason to get over there as soon as possible. I really want to see it myself I really do all right, so here's what we're gonna do. everybody. we're just gonna take a five minute break here. i'm gonna put on some of Dan's music, and we'll come back and he's got if you you didn't think if you thought everything you already heard was amazing, I think he has an even more profound and more up to date story to tell you that is again just beyond words, but we're gonna put it into as many. English words as we possibly can, and <laughs> we'll see you guys on the other side of this.
0: And probably some other. Oh, right, too. that's yeah.
1: that, that's a question I've got. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> all right, thanks, Dan. We'll talk to you again in just a minute. All right, thanks. Thank
0: you. Yeah.